This is the uh, second of our series of readings in Luke's parables, and uh, we're going to begin at verse 1 and go on through to verse 13, page 1042 in the Pew Bibles. One day, Jesus was praying in a certain place. When he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray just as John taught his disciples. He said to them, When you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread. Forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone who sins against us. And lead us not into temptation. Then he said to them, Suppose one of you has a friend, and he goes to him at midnight and says, Friend, lend me three loaves of bread, because a friend of mine on a journey has come to see me, and I have nothing to set before him. Then the one inside answers, Don't bother me. The door is already locked, and my children are with me in bed. I can't get up and give you anything. I tell you, though he will not get up and give him the bread because he is his friend, yet, because of the man's boldness, he will get up and give him as much as he needs. So I say to you, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. He who seeks, finds. And to him who knocks, the door will be opened. Which of you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then, though you are evil, know how to good good get know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Amen. If you could ask God for one thing today, what I wonder would it be? Today's your lucky day. Here you are at church. And this morning, you are given the opportunity to have one major request granted. Health and long life, wealth and beautiful possessions, children, lots of grandchildren. If you could ask God for just one thing, I wonder what it might be. Gracious Lord, um, Christ Jesus has invited us to call you Abba, dear Father. As we turn now to your word, please will you reorientate our minds so that instead of wanting things for ourselves, we might desire your name to be hallowed, your kingdom to come, and your will be done on earth as in heaven. And what we do ask is for the sake of Christ. 
our Lord. Amen. All of us love stories of what if. A man was walking along the beach when he tripped over and kicked a lamp. A genie popped out and said, because you released me, I'm now going to give you three wishes. But because you hurt me with your kick, I will also give twice what you want for the person you hate most. All right, said the man, I would love to have lots of money. And instantly, a hundred million pounds appeared in the man's bank account and 200 million appeared in his boss's portfolio. For his second wish, the man uh, wished for a brilliant sports car. And instantly, a Lamborghini appeared, while at the same time, a Ferrari and a Porsche landed outside his boss's house. And finally, the genie said, this is your last wish, so you ought to choose very carefully. And to this, the man replied, well, I love it if you were to frighten me half to death. <laughs> And in this portion of scripture, which we've read together from Luke 11, it might seem at first sight that God is a bit like a grown-up genie. So I say to you, says Jesus in verse 9, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. Because everybody who asks receives, and he who seeks finds, and to him who knocks the door will be opened. Is God just like a great big genie who grants our wishes, but also includes a sting in the tail? Well, to answer that question, we must note that the context of this text is friendship. When the disciples of Jesus ask him to teach them how to pray, even as John the Baptist had taught his followers to pray, they could see for themselves the friendship which Jesus enjoyed with God, his loving Heavenly Father. And that was so beautiful. It was so attractive. They wondered if they themselves might be able to experience that for themselves. Where does being a father end and being a friend begin? The last time I went on holiday, it was with Robert, my son. Sometimes we chatted, other times we just said very little, simply enjoyed being in each other's company. Where does friendship begin and being a dad end? And so it was with Jesus. He didn't just talk about God, his Father in heaven, he talked with God, his loving Heavenly Father, and together they enjoyed each other's company. And for that reason, he wasn't afraid to shamelessly ask. And out of his personal experience, Jesus gives this story, which we find in Luke 11, 5 through to 8, which would have sounded perfectly familiar to his contemporary Middle Eastern audience, where hospitality was not an optional extra, but a sacred duty. 
Imagine somebody turning up unexpectedly late at night at your home, and in that first century context, having nothing to feed them. It would be unthinkable not to provide them something to eat. So you go next door and whisper through your friend's letterbox, can you lend me something to feed my visitor? And the man groans and turns over, pretending not to hear his friend's request. And so the man does more than ask. He seeks his friend's response, and in a louder voice he says, Psst, I need some bread. And yet still the man chooses to ignore this call for help because he's just got the kids over to sleep and he doesn't want to wake them again when he knocks the front door and the friend flies out of bed and opens the door for fear of waking up the entire neighborhood. Okay, mate, what is it that you need? Take it. Give my head peace. Out of necessity... A man turns to his friend and shamelessly asks, seeks, and knocks. Now, if that's how a neighbor will respond, just to pacify his friend, can you imagine going to God, your loving Heavenly Father, with your needs and asking for help, only to be told that is not convenient because the door is shut? No way, says Jesus. The Father will not even consider or countenance bringing shame on His name in that way. Rather, willingly, generously grants everything that His children could possibly require. He will hear. He will respond. He will answer prayer. If it is impossible, for a normal human being to refuse a friend, says Jesus, how much more can you be sure that God, your heavenly friend, will never refuse anything needful when we turn to Him? In a few weeks' time, we'll begin a new evening series entitled, The Most Misused Verses in the Bible. And one of them is from John 14, verse 13, which says, Whatever you ask in my name, I will do it. And I don't want to steal Sam's thunder because it's his job to deal with that text, um, that issue of answered or unanswered prayer. But even as a good daddy only wants to do good things for his children, even if that hurts them, at the time. Any mum who's had to hold their child uh, when they go for their measles injection knows what that feels like. So God, our loving Heavenly Father, only wants the best, the eternal best for those He loves. And the reason that we know that that is true is because that's how Jesus taught His disciples to pray in what we know as the Lord's Prayer. And you don't teach people to pray in a particular way unless you anticipate responses and answers to those prayers. So here is Jesus informing his disciples about the things that really matter to his Abba Father so that we in turn might begin to think God's thoughts and desire the things 
he loves. It was Thomas Akempis, the 15th century German mystic, who said, O Lord, you know what is good and bad. You know what's better and what is worse. You know what's best and worst. May my prayer, O Lord, be as you wish it to be. And even as the neighbor gave his friend what he needed at midnight, so the Lord's Prayer shows us three things that everybody needs. Adequate provision, spiritual purity, and moral stability. If you're wondering what or how to pray for somebody else, or indeed for yourself, here the Lord's Prayer of Jesus informs us you can never go wrong if you pray for these three things. Adequate provision. Give us this day our daily bread. Because every father, every mother has a deep-seated compulsion to provide for their children's welfare. Adequate provision. Spiritual purity. Forgive us our trespasses. Every godly father, every Christ-focused mother will want nothing more than their daughter or son to be living a spiritually clean, pure, and holy life. We can always pray for spiritual purity. And we can always pray for moral stability. Lead us not into temptation. Whatever else parents desire for their children or want, it is always right, it is never wrong to pray for a Christ-centered moral compass. Sadly, as we can see from verse 11 through to 13, many parents, for whatever reasons, end up giving their children snakes instead of fish. And unfortunately, too many well-meaning dads and moms end up giving their sons and daughters scorpions instead of eggs, thinking that they are being trendy or imagining that they're not being boring. We think that by being soft or being extra kind or understanding or not correcting bad behavior or challenging ungodly attitudes, we are being nice. Whereas, in fact, we are handing our children poison and leading them into Satan's deadly snare. To quote Professor Tom Wright of St. Andrews University in Look for Everyone, there is a battle on, a fight with the powers of darkness. And those who have glimpsed the light are called to struggle in prayer for a thousand things for the world and the church, perhaps a hundred or two for one's own family, friends, and neighbors, and no doubt a dozen or two for oneself. There is a battle on. And if parents or grand of grandchildren are tempted to make available snakes or scorpions for our children or grandchildren instead of an earnest prayer for adequate provision, for spiritual purity, 
for moral stability, then we need to ask God by His Spirit to reorient our spiritually disoriented minds so that like the Lord Jesus, we only want to make sure that God's holy name is hallowed, His kingdom come, and His will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We're nearly done, but there's one final thing. If you could ask God for one thing today, what I wonder would it be? Health and a long life? But what if we were to get that one wish and live until we were in our 90s and outlived all our friends and lived in fear going out the door instead of in case we might get lost or anxious. Uh, and what about if we couldn't get to the loo? How would that feel? Or what if God were to give you all the wealth and possessions you could ever possibly want? How would you manage that as you, in your older age, got weighed down with worry about burglaries and being scammed or what on earth you'd do with all your things when you die? Or what if God were to answer your one greatest wish and grant you children or grandchildren who in fact break your heart and cause you pain? But Luke chapter 11 gives us an alternative wish. This parable tells us the one greatest gift which will never let you die. Jesus in verse 13 tells us the one major request which if asked for will always be good. The best possible gift that the followers of Jesus could ever possibly pray for is the Holy Spirit. In other words, to ask God for himself. Can we take that in? God, our loving Heavenly Father, just delights to grant good things to His children. Of course He does. Don't ever doubt that. The best gift of all is His very own self. The same Holy Spirit who dwelt within the Lord Jesus Christ is available for you and for me the same Holy Spirit who dwelt within Jesus is available for our children and our grandchildren. And when we have Him and He has us, then everything else fail, fades into insignificance and nothing else can compare. So I say to you, says Jesus, Ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. Because everybody who asks for the Holy Spirit receives. He or she who seeks the same Spirit who indwelt the Lord Jesus finds. And to her or him who knocks, the door will be opened to receive the presence 
person of God himself. Shall we pray? Gracious Lord, forgive us when we ask for foolish things. Have mercy upon us when even out of mistaken affection we seek dangerous things. Look with compassion upon us when we knock, looking for things that do not endure. Reorientate our disoriented minds so that we might want to pray for nothing else than your very own self, to seek you, not for the things that you give, but for your very own self. And all these are prayers we make in the name and for the sake of the Spirit-filled Son and for his glory and praise.